In the name of the Father, to the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I'm not much of a fisherman. I have gone fishing quite a bit in my life. Uh, but when we go fishing, typically we would use a rod and a reel, right? We tie on a hook to our line, put some bait on the hook, and cast out the line. We try to entice whatever we're fishing for, the bluegill or the bass or the walleye or whatever, to take the bait that's on our hook, and then we try to snag the fish and reel it in. But on the day Jesus called his first disciples, that's not how they were fishing. Rather, they were pulling nets into deep water, and they were either chasing large schools of fish into the nets, or they were dragging the nets behind them to gather up whatever they could from the sea. And so for Jesus' disciples, fishing was not so much about that careful technique of convincing fish to take the bait. Rather, it was about scooping up fish out of the depths and bringing them to the surface. And so I think we can see parallels. That when Jesus says his disciples are going to be fishers of people, that the job of these disciples is not so much about convincing people through careful arguments that Jesus was the Messiah. Instead, in very broad terms, they're to proclaim the message and then allow their listeners to be scooped up into the kingdom. And the message is simple, that Christ has come to shine the light on all who are far off from God. All who, like fish, are in the depths of darkness, Christ has come to bring them into the light. He has come to transfer them into his kingdom of light, as St. Paul says. And in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew makes an illustration for us to help us see this point. Now, Matthew's Gospel was probably written first to Jewish Christians. And so Matthew makes a lot of Old Testament references, and some are not so obvious to us, but they would have been more obvious to his first audience. And so our gospel reading today notes that Jesus goes into the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali. And that might seem strange to us, and these are archaic names for where Jesus was in Galilee, in northern Israel. And so in Jesus' time, and the time when Matthew was writing, the land was no longer actually called Zebulun and Naphtali. These are ancient names for the land. But you might remember from your Old Testament readings that Israel was divided into 12 tribes corresponding to the 12 sons of Jacob. And so when the Israelites left Egypt, they eventually settled into Canaan, the promised land. The land was divided up by the tribes. And so each tribe got an allotment of land. So Naphtali and Zebulun were both tribes and they were given land in the northern part of Canaan, the land that in Jesus' day was called Galilee. However, in the Old Testament, we find out later on in the times of the prophets that this land was the first to be conquered and absorbed by the Assyrian Empire. And in our reading from Isaiah this morning, Isaiah will go on to tell us that this conquering of this northern part of Israel was God's judgment on Israel's sin. And the people of Zebulon and Naphtali were carried away in exile in judgment because of sin. They were taken from the light of the promised land and given into the darkness of foreign control. 
And so Matthew quotes these verses in Isaiah, right? Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea, across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness saw a great light. And for those who sat in the region in the shadow of death, light has dawned. And he's making this point that the light is dawning in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus has come for all of those who sit in darkness. Those Jewish believers who were exiled out of their allotment of the promised land because of sin are now being scooped up into a new promised land, a new kingdom that Christ brings. And so for Matthew, these people, Zebulun and Naphtali, they're serving as an illustration for all of us of what Jesus has come to do. He has come to bring his kingdom of light to all of us who sit in darkness. His kingdom is meant to be good news to all of those who sit in darkness, who sit in our sin, who sit in the shadow of death and suffering. In our reading from Corinthians, Paul makes that very point. He says that everything he preaches is about the cross. That's what his whole ministry is about. And he says that's the true power of the message of the kingdom. It's the cross. And it's on the cross where Jesus wears a crown, where he is lifted up and elevated above the world. It's at the cross where we know that Jesus is truly king and what his kingdom is all about. And the death and resurrection of Christ become the light to shine into the darkness that all of us sit in. Because it's in the death and resurrection of Christ that the darkest place of all, that is the grave, has been defeated by Christ. Right? And so because Christ lives, there is light, even in death. So when Jesus calls Andrew and Peter and the other disciples in our reading, he isn't calling them just to be close personal friends or followers. Jesus isn't looking for friends here. But Jesus is calling these men to be preachers of that light. And so they are the beginning of the church, the beginning of the proclamation of this kingdom. Like heralds that go on before the reign of the king, these men are meant to herald the kingdom of light. And it's interesting to note, of course, that these preachers are not coming equipped with seminary degrees. Right? They're plenty intelligent, I assume. They're hard workers. But these are not men from the educated class. Right? Jesus doesn't go to Jerusalem, into the temples, or into Herod, Herod, Herod's court to find the best and brightest minds. Jesus chose his disciples knowing that there's one simple truth to proclaim to those who sit in darkness. And it wasn't first an intellectual message, but it's one that calls people to repent and to trust that Jesus was king. Jesus wanted his preachers, his disciples, to be able to speak to great crowds of people hungry to hear the message of good news, to hear that their sins are forgiven, to hear that the grave is not their final destination, to hear that there is light in a universe of darkness. And so these disciples are given, to job, given the job to cast out a wide net into the world and to proclaim that Christ is king and he has come to bring light. And then they're supposed to let the Holy Spirit 
the giver of light, bring in all of those who have heard this message and to create belief in their heart. And sometimes that's not how we envision the message of the gospel or we envision what church is all about. So sometimes as modern people, we often think of being a Christian or believing the gospel as having as the choice of choosing one set of stories over another. And so in other words, we sometimes come to believe that we choose the story of Christianity over other stories because we think they fit our needs better. Right? Sometimes we think we decide to be a Christian over being an atheist because it's a nicer story. It's nicer to be a Christian, or it's more acceptable, or it makes us feel good. But what the Bible shows us is that this isn't really about us choosing a lifestyle. Instead, the biblical picture is you as a fish. As a fish, you're being swept up into a net and drawn into the light of Christ's love on the surface. You hear the word of God, you hear the gospel, you hear this message of light, and it acts on you. The Spirit draws you into trusting God, to seeing that light. The Spirit shows you who God is and what it means to love him. And then the Spirit begins to dispel the darkness in your heart. The Spirit begins to show you what it is to be gentle and kind and loving, faithful, hopeful, and patient. But all of it is God acting upon you. All of it, all of Christianity, all of our faith is about God scooping you up into his net and bringing you into the light. It's interesting, when Paul talks about his ministry, he's very clear. He says, I didn't come speaking in eloquent wisdom. He's saying, I didn't come to be a philosopher or a great teacher in the world. Paul says he wasn't trying to impress anyone. He didn't want to seem wise to anyone. Instead, St. Paul says that he has one message to proclaim, the cross of Christ. And he says that message is going to seem foolish to much of the world. But that's the one thing the church has to do. That's the one thing we come to church for, to hear that message that's foolishness to the world, but to us is light. And so the church exists to cast out that net, that proclamation of the gospel. And to be a fisher of people is not to worry about impressing the world. It's not to worry about trying to be dignified. To be a fisher of people is to proclaim the good news that Jesus has come for the forgiveness of our sins. That message is the power of God to us who are being saved. That's the message that shines light into the darkness of the whole world. That's the good news that brings light into our very own hearts. You are being scooped up into the nets of Jesus' kingdom of light. The message is so hopeful even and so powerful that Andrew and Peter and the others are willing to leave their livelihoods, willing to leave their families to proclaim it and to share it. They're so confident that Jesus has the light that's going to shine into the darkness of the world. They're going to leave everything behind to share it. And it's the same message of hope for us today. Just as it was to those fishermen in Galilee 2,000 years ago, the news of Jesus Christ coming into the world to be our light, to forgive our sins, that 
That is the message of hope. And so through Jesus Christ, God is scooping you up into his net. His net, which is light, life, and salvation. And so all of us who were once lost at sea, all of us who sat in the darkness of sin and death and suffering, we are now made part of his kingdom of light. Amen.